Um, what uh, episode are we on? Oh, oh shit. 12? 12? 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. I think last week was 11. All right. Um, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode number 12 of Myths and Stories with your hosts, Mythborn and Zorias. Take it away, fellas. On a new platform, yes! <laughs> uh, Discord is, is fun. We, we have all sorts of cool new tools now uh, with our new platform. Which uh, may be good or bad. We haven't decided yet. We haven't, we haven't fully decided how... Like the, the, the technology is, is something else, but holy cow. Um, so tonight we are covering uh, The Crow. Uh, after last week's revelation, I, I, what would you call that? Revelation? Mm, I mean, revelation for him. Uh, yeah. I would say like worst case scenario for everyone else. That's what I like. I mean, <laughs> holy cow, man. His... His story, like, it is rough. It is genuinely rough. Like, it, it I went through and read it today in one sitting and was like, dude, this poor guy, like, I, I can't help but want to be his friend now and, like, just want to help him through the universe. Yeah. Um, so so... When, we, when we started talking about Crow before, we talked about him as Uldren, uh, and we ended with, oh, spoiler alert, if anyone didn't know yet, Crow is Uldren. Uh, yeah, we, if you've been living under a rock and somehow found this <laughs> podcast, and somehow spoilers. found this episode before any other episode, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Old Oldrin saw Prince of the Awoken. Uh, when we covered him, you know, we talked about how he went crazy in the in the Black Forest. He went mad with Riven and c- gave over completely. I say gave over to darkness, but got had darkness completely take over him. Uh, he enacted the 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 scorn of the reef, uh, Fickrel, all the all the different uh, barons uh, of the of the scorn and and that craziness, and then of course we ended his life, uh, be it us or Petra. Uh, that's literally left up to the player, and I I'd like yeah. to think it's a simultaneous um, gunshot. But uh, uh, and then he dies, and then the next scene we see is. I, I want to say it was about a month later, uh, after yeah. after that after that one, and it was a, it was a little it was a little cinematic that uh, when we went to because uh, each week or every three weeks you could go you could go to Mara's chamber, mm-hmm. right? Her little could, did we figure out if that was a if that was a real place myth? No, we theorized. Um, okay, yeah, so it looks like I, a real I, place. I'm, I'm of the mindset that it, it's a very small pocket dimension. It, yeah, right. Like, if it's not a real place, it's like the, the smallest of throne worlds type thing. Yeah. Uh, so we go in there, and there's a vision for us to see at, at one of her little pedestals. And we watch this cutscene, and this little, this little ghost kind of floats up and over and comes over to, to, a, to a, 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 almost like a Roman temple-looking thing. It's very, very Dreaming City-esque, very very Awoken-esque. Uh, and there's a, there's a single uh, pedestal in the middle of it, kind of a long, narrow pedestal with a white cloth draped over it. Uh, and the, the ghost kind of comes over it and lets out his little blue scan and scans the whole thing. And, and then he does, he does the, the animation of where 
all of his little parts kind of fly out and he creates a little ball around himself of, of energy and, and he just kind of and then does his little flash thing. And then all of a sudden, this the, the, the figure that's underneath the cloak sits up and it's Oldernsov. And he has now been resurrected as a guardian, which literally sent the entire community through the roof. And mm-hmm. everyone was like, who the, what, but the, huh? <laughs> so, um, I, I didn't know where you wanted to, where you wanted to start the story at. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't know if you want to give a little background of the, of the ghost or, or. Well, um, I don't want to go too far into his background because honestly his background's a lot of fluff. Um, right. nothing really of substance other than the, the kind of cool little trivia fact. Uh, he used to be referred to as pulled pork. Um, yep. there was a lore card where another guardian, uh, named him pulled pork due to his pink ghost shell. Uh, and the name stuck, uh, Intel. He found, you know, a, a guardian of his own. Um, and actually, I think that's where I had intended to start is essentially with the Tangled Web, uh, the very first entry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't go through the Tangled Web um, in its entirety, certainly a decent amount of it, but uh, some of the entries are not directly relevant to that, sure. to uh, Crow and, and Glint. Um, but so... If we start with uh, Tangled Web, Entry 1, Sparky and the Scrivener, uh, <clears throat> this is, I, I interpret this to be almost uh, immediately after or shortly after Resurrection. Um, <clears throat> so we come upon uh, the currently nameless Guardian and the currently a nameless ghost formerly known as pulled pork. You've explained how it's supposed to work, and I've explained that I don't care. He, the Guardian, said playfully, I don't like any of the names that you've suggested, and either we both get new names or neither of us do. The ghost emitted a static sigh. Purely as a hypothetical exercise, it said carefully, what would you name me? From the beginning, this little ghost had been the only thing keeping him going. It seemed every guardian he met had little interest in him except to hold him accountable for the unknown sins of his past. But this almost unbearably earnest ghost had mended him again and again. How do you feel about Gleam? he asked. Flash, or maybe Glint? Glint. A rainbow of colors played across the ghost's eye. Usually this meant he was calculating complex enemy behavior, determining combat outcomes, or mapping hundreds of bullets in their millions of possible trajectories. Oh, I like Glint. Uh, So this is the naming of of the ghost we know as Glint, um, officially by his guardian. And there's there's a lot of little things in here that that are kind of give us a little insight to ghosts as a whole, right? Yeah. Like, so the, the whole, you've explained how it's supposed to work, and I've explained that I don't care. So um, I can infer, they don't specifically say what was explained, but we can infer that the explanation being that it seems like 
the ghosts name the guardians and the guardians name the ghosts. That's what it seems like. Uh, and then there, there's another line in there that, that the light bearer says, you said, you, you said I had a name before, but you won't tell me what it is. And the ghost correctum is can't. Can't. So that's yeah. like, that's, that's more, that, that kind of leads us more into the, the, the workings of the ghost itself of and and Ikora mentions this in the um, in the astral alignment uh, activity. Uh, she has a few lines there where she's like, "Guardians give up their past, whether it be voluntarily or involuntarily. Like that's just a that is just a thing. That's like just you, how it works. That's yeah. just how it works. There's no like it. It's it's to me. It's it's that it's that very hardness of like how do you how do you reconcile uh how do you reconcile what you, what your past was? If you if you were given complete amnesia, and and you just woke up one day and and you have no idea who you are, where you are, you have a very, I'd say, limited kind of idea of what to do. You start realizing mm-hmm. you have powers. You have this little drone that follows you around. Like it, would you want to know what you were before? Do you do you care of what you were before? You know, and that and and that's where that's where like the the can't. Where that where he corrects them is is very to to me was very interesting, and then the whole the whole back and forth of like either we both get names or neither of us get names, like it ends up that one of them does. Um, yep, and we we'll talk about this further on where where Crow actually gets his name from. Um, but looking back on this, even this little innocent interaction between these two. Um, and the fact that Glint gets his name, but you know Crow does, is is yet unnamed at this point, um, and you see that he receives his name, kind of like it's kind of stolen from from his ghost to have the chance to give him a name. Yep, uh, which is is kind of sad, but uh, well, I do I do like one of the one of the first names that he tried giving him was Sparky, and yeah. The- <laughs> The reaction of the ghost was literally that of like, there's so much emotion in that little like, you know, he emitted a pain, a pain groan, contracted in the air and fell to the ground where it lay face down <laughs> in the leaf, in the leaf litter. So it was very much like, okay, that was like, we, Critical like bluff, in that right? too, yeah, we see, we see a level of, of, um, I, I guess humanism in the ghost. Mm-hmm. Like you know, that like a it, very, uh, it's a very kind of learned over dramatic reaction. Yeah, and so that again, that leads more to me of like the ghost itself. Like, like there's still so much about the ghost as a whole that we don't know, and and for it to have a very humanistic re- reaction was just kind of like, okay, that's that was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. So this. This entry, and there's another entry I'm going to pair with it, um, from The Dawning, actually, uh, also kind of explain the unnamed crow's lot in life at the moment, which is not very pretty, unfortunately. It's, it's bad. Uh, so, and I say, he has come across, and, and it talked about this a little bit in the passage I already read, um, it seemed every guardian he met had little interest in him except to hold him accountable for the unknown sins of his past. 
Uh, so pretty much immediately, every time he came across somebody else, they uh, either didn't care to to stop and you know interact with him, or they recognized his his face as Aldrin and did care enough to stop and do usually terrible things to him. Uh, terrible. Like and in in the same uh, entry in the the same uh, lore passage, we get uh, the next morning a passerby saw Glint's light bearer without his helmet. The Titan beat him mercilessly with her flaming hammer, snapping his collarbone and crushing his pelvis. He died hours later of internal hemorrhage. Glint brought him back, and the pair traveled in silence for a long while. Now, we got to remember, and it's been referenced in, in many other lore cards, um, Guardians may be immortal through their ghosts, but they are not immune to pain. Yeah. Uh, they, they feel everything on their way out until the ghost brings them back. Yeah. Uh, so hours of being shattered to eventually expire so that his ghost could resurrect him. Uh, and you have to imagine that the, the guardian that did that had full knowledge that that, that was what was going to happen by like being, a, it, it, being a guardian themselves. There's so much in just that one little paragraph that was just like, I mean, it, it it comes back to that amnesia uh, the 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 amnesia of being a guardian right like on on crow's side or this 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 light bearer side mm-hmm. it, it, he he has no idea why he's getting the shit beat out of him but he is literally getting the shit beat out of him i mean to the point of like he died hours later so he sat there in agony with a snapped collarbone and a crushed pelvis. Yeah. That is... And I mean, people pretty... literally hate him. Like, they, everything about him, every guardian that comes across that, that sees him, is like, I want him dead. Yeah. In horrific ways. And it... it horrific ways. Has, uh... Yeah, it, it has put him in this really awful depressing state uh and i i wanted to put in this additional entry here from the dawning this is specifically from the amnesta s2 uh i believe it was the ship for the dawning um speaking kind of a little bit about uh his just general state of general state of his mind at the moment um he spends his days alone other guardians are an unpredictable source of pain and confusion, and they see him the same way. Some react to him without hostility. Others are overcome by some personal and unexplained grief. He doesn't know why. That was the most painful lesson of being reborn. It's better to be alone. So he's always alone now, except for his ghost. Did you know, his Jesus. ghost says, bright but gentle. The purple glint of his shell reflects the half-light outside the crate. That in the last city they are celebrating. They call it the dawning. It is a celebration of friendship and hope and warmth. 
The guardian keeps his eyes closed and forces down his bitterness. The silence lingers between them, heavy and filled with unsaid things, until his ghost gently bumps his shoulder. To feel good, they say to each other, happy dawning. Still, the guardian says nothing, and his own silence makes him sick with himself. His ghost has never doubted him, never doubted anyone, really. He is a well of relentless optimism, and as infuriating as that is, it's also heartbreaking and comforting and a relief. The Guardian is not going to be the one to disappoint them. There's been too much disappointment in this life already. Happy dawning, he says. So, like, the dawning is supposed to be like this most, like the the joyous of occasions, right? Like Ava comes to the tower and, and all you do is make presents for everyone around the, the universe. I mean, you literally, you make presents for self fail safe. You make, pre- hell, I think you even make presents for spot. You make presents for Riven, a freaking <laughs> yeah. wish dragon. You make a present for a wish dragon. And this is like the one thing that he's like excluded from. Like the crow is not allowed. I don't want to say not allowed, but he like, he doesn't not not doesn't take part well i'm I'm, I'm gonna say not allowed like he just it to him it's just like you know oh great happy dawning yeah happy dawning you know all those people that hate my guts enough to murder me over and over are celebrating each other like it's almost it's almost like how the, the juxtaposition between his aloneness and a celebration of togetherness is just makes it so much worse. <laughs> uh, it's so, it's so much worse. So, needless to say, the the unnamed crow is not in a good spot. No, no. Um, He's, and and that's the thing. Like, we don't know. We don't have any type of any type of time period of how mm-hmm. long this goes on. Of of just day after day res after res being beaten to death by random passerbyers who all they see is the awoken print and so i i and i it's funny too because i don't know that there's ever any reference of like you know random reports of of guardians seeing Aldrin solve around the system yeah i did find that interesting that so many people have seen him enough to take some kind of vengeance on him yet nobody ever reported to the tower that hey there's a guardian with a hell of a lot like Aldrin Zav <laughs> not like, just a hell like literally Aldrin Zav is walking around like what the hell we're pretty sure we killed him <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it nobody nobody reports that... us to the tower like that that was kind of like that like I couldn't find one one single lore card or entry or anything where there was a port of like, hey, these three warlocks came across this guy who looks insanely like Aldrin Sov. Maybe we should go investigate. Yeah. Which I, I don't know. So that so that brings up another interesting point about the ghost, right? There is no interconnected networking between them. No, because You'd think, you know, the minute as, he gets as soon res, as he got res, that if there was some type of interconnected 
networkivity between all the ghosts and the guard and the and the traveler and whatever that they would just re all this information just be instantly relayed, right? Like mm -hmm. there'd be like an archive of like, oh hey, we've we this is guardian number seven thousand six hundred forty-two today, and we have met blah 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 blah. Like like, like <laughs> there should be like a you would think if they are that mechanical that they would have some sort of record or some sort of way of keeping track of this stuff, but. I, I do truly think that e each of the ghosts have their own personality, and they're all very much. I think they're completely independent. Yeah, independent. Yeah, yeah. No, um, absolutely. So, yeah. So there, there is. I didn't put the entry for it, and I, I wish I had. No, um, there's a slightly happier uh, entry as well. That is also from. I don't. Even, I don't think it was this dawning. I think it was a, a different dawning because we had a number of dawnings between his resurrection and uh him actually coming into the story in in season of the hunt Absolutely. um and that dawning was uh essentially he remained helmeted with, with his helmet on uh and uh assisted a uh i believe it was an awoken warlock oh yes and yes she uh saw that he was awoken just by this his skin color between I think it was like between his gloves and his sleeves. Yep, like a, um, a, a wristband or a wrap or something that it, that it busted yeah. loose. And you know, I identified with him a little bit as like, oh, you know, we're we're of the same people. Uh, granted, being both guardians, they do not know the awoken history. Uh, right, but felt felt some kinship towards him, uh, and had said, oh, you know, oh, now that. You know, you help me clear clear out these fallen or whatever it was that they were doing, uh, and she um, gave him. Uh, I think it was like a, a bottle of wine, with the intention of, uh, you know, let's make a campsite and uh, sit down and, and have a drink, kind of kind of thing. You know, it's the dawning up at the tower, so let's have our own little celebration here between comrades. Uh, and again, he's had his helmet on the whole time, and he is so fearful of the uh potential uh actions of this other guardian once they know who he is that when she goes off to uh gather campfire wood and whatnot, I uh, he just uses that opportunity to slip away. Um, oh, is it, is this the same uh, the same instance uh, in the in the Tangled Web lore book? I believe so. The similarities are enough that I'm pretty sure it's it's discussing the same interaction. It's it's, um, it's interesting too because like the in the in the Tangled Web lore book. Uh, the the warlock specifically uh Druis, i think is her name um she was trying to she was trying to get a quick bounty done and there's a bunch of cabal and and she's trapped behind because there's like three scions up on a ridge and then there's a centurion and she's like normally i could take this out but it's like the combination of all three like she's pretty sure mm -hmm. she's screwed and she's about to charge up a void grenade when all of a sudden pop 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 everything's dead and that's when that and crow the hooded crow with his with his helmet on comes over <laughs> and and was like 
you know, really, really be, being very cautious about talking to her. Um, and, and, you know, by this time he's been named the crow and, you know, I, they call me crow. Um, and I'm glad I could be some help. And she's like, you know, not as glad as I am, but you know, let's, let's split the bounty. And that's where he was like, no, 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 it's fine. And, and it, I, you know, I don't, I don't need to help. And that's when they, that's when she noticed that he was, he was, uh, awoken. And so, you know, she's like, oh, you're, you gotta be reefborn. I'm, I'm, I'm an earthborn, but you know, we go way back type thing. And, and so then he's like, no, 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 really. I don't, I, I really don't mm-hmm. need any type of compensation. I, it's fine. She's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. I'll be right back. So she runs in, picks up the cargo and that's the, that's what she finds is the wine. And when she comes back out with that, he's gone. Um, and so she sits on a rock with the with the the just a basically a bottle of wine just kind of sitting there chilling there with a bottle of wine waiting for him to come back and at the very end of that she's like you know to crow and just kind of takes a swig and pours one out for him so that's yeah that that that's an interesting that's a very interesting interaction there um because that's that's one of the only times i think that at least up until this point that a another guardian had shown him any type of compassion. Yeah, but having not known who he was. Right. Um, <laughs> very, very poignant here that she had no clue who the hell he was. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully it wouldn't have mattered in this one instance, but based on his previous experiences, it probably would have. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so regardless, Crow, or, or at, this, at this point, he's still unnamed. Um, right. The Guardian has been wandering the the solar system, just trying to find a place that he can exist. Essentially, uh, trying to find somewhere to to call home, because uh, everywhere he goes, people hate him for reasons he doesn't understand. Uh, and in these wanderings, he ends up going to the reef. Unfortunately. Amongst the asteroids of the reef, in the middle of deep space, his ship uh, breaks down, and uh, it's not specifically said what happens, but essentially, he was just dying in the middle of space over and over again. Uh, Dying and being resurrected, dying and being resurrected as his ship just drifted in empty space uh until one of spider's uh fallen crew happened upon his ship and decided to rescue him and in this we get into the tangled web uh entry number two so identity. My boys say they found you adrift in space, that your ship ran into some debris, Spider said. Awful generous of them to retrieve you. The spider circled slowly, blue eyes glowing in the gloom of the dimly lit space. Up close, he carefully assessed the light bearer's posture, his expressions, and even something as intimate as the subtle and subtle as his scent. How long were you trapped up there in the vacuum? Dying and being reborn over and over again. 
The light bearer slouched and his gold eyes averted to the floor at the memory. Long enough to know what eternity feels like. Long enough to know I'd never escape without... He looked up to Spider. Without help. I don't think I caught your name, Spider added. One final test. I... The Lightbringer didn't know how to answer. His ghost was silent, too. I don't have one. It took all of Spider's energy not to burst out in laughter. Well, that won't do, Spider insisted. That won't do at all. I won't have someone in my care, Spider was careful to emphasize the word, without a proper name. With a sly tone, how about we try one out, just for a little while, you and me? His voice lowered. What do you think about Crow? The light bearer's eyes showed no recognition. The spiders shone with predatory intent. So a couple things. Spider's a dick. Yes. Spider gets to join Rahul as a canonical dick. As canonically uh, a dick. That is literally what is happening here. So not only, you know, in, in one instance, it is true that Crow uh, owes, owes Spider his life because otherwise he'd, he'd still be in space. He'd, he'd, be, he'd still be drifting along, dying and reborn, dying and reborn, dying and reborn. Yeah, in whatever was left of his ship, whatever happened to it. Uh, so, you know, he does, he does owe a debt to Crow, or Crow does owe a debt to Spider, and I, I think he feels that very much, at least initially. Um, whereas Spider is also going to play off the fact that there's a debt to be paid there, is also playing off the fact that he knows who Aldrin was. The, the, Sov, the Sovs and Spider... Both of Sobs, Mara and did not get along. Literally, like they they were not about this guy at all. The spider's always been this smuggler, black market of the reef, and and really kind of has always been there to kind of like I don't, I don't want to say screw shit up, but like make make things very hard for yeah anyone in the reef to kind of make a life for themselves or or, or anything. He's he's very much like a he's mobster. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, he uh, took advantage of the Awoken trying to flee the reef after Mara's death, uh, initial death, against Oryx, um, where there were Awoken that were like, we just want to get somewhere safe. Like, the reef yeah. is not safe anymore. You know, without our queen here and our prince here, we are... The, we're good as the dead. Awoken people were just shattered, and Spider took that opportunity to essentially be like, "Hey, come work for me. I'll give you protection." Which I mean, he did, I guess. But it, it's the same thing as being. I was gonna say, can we put like, protection once, in quotation Once you're part. in, once you're in, like you're never getting out, and you're gonna yeah. have to do whatever dirty job he tells you to do. Absolutely. Uh, because once so that protection he, is gone, the protection actively becomes a, a, a let's hunt this guy down and kill him. Yeah. So he very much is uh, 
happy to take advantage of Awoken. And when you have the memoryless Awoken prince, who is now a light bearer, walk through your door, owing their life to you, like, Spider's going to take advantage of that that's as lit- much as that's, possible. That's literally, like, the, the golden ticket, the golden opportunity for Spider. Yeah. Of, like, this, I, I, there's... I cannot pass on this. There's no nothing in the world is better than this moment right here to the to the spider. And for him to take advantage of that and and suggest crow. So crow itself has some uh, has a lot of connotations. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, there's there's some stuff um, associated with 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 uh, crow. Yeah, namely, you know, Aldrin was head of the Crows, which were kind of the spy slash scout unit for the Awoken, uh, the Awoken military, the Awoken people, I guess. I'd um, say the whole Awoken people. Yeah, and and well, the Awoken people was... as they were no longer in the distributary, because I don't know that the Crow system existed in the distributary. No, I don't believe it did. Um, or at least I don't remember it playing a big role. If it did, right. Uh, but yeah, so that name was was very explicitly chosen uh, by Spider to see if there's any any light bulbs come on kind of yeah. thing, because uh, that was so closely tied to Aldrin's identity was that he was you know the master of the crows kind of thing, uh, and when he doesn't see any recognition, it just kind of truly cements in Spider's mind that oh I can I can truly tell him whatever. I, I can use the ever-living crap out of this, and he is mine to manipulate. Yeah, although, not to say that Crow didn't get a little uh, defiant at times uh, as he started his, to work for Spider, and originally, because he owed Spider a debt, and it was a, a safe, quote-unquote, place compared to wandering in the wilderness and being murdered by passerbys. Uh, but he started to get kind of not super happy with how things were going under Spider's direction. Oh, and sure. we see some of that, as well as the beginning of the consequences to that, in uh, A Tangled Web Entry 5, uh, Therafosa. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was interesting because uh, this is told from the perspective of Glint and Spider, and it, it's like Glint is giving Spider updates on kind of Crow's progress. And I, I think this goes back to Glint's kind of described endless optimism. He's not suspicious, as suspicious as he really should be of Spider. Right. He kind of assumes Spider has the best of intentions all the time, and that that is not the case, right? Um, well, and and it's it's interesting too. On the on the flip side of that, Spider looks at looks at Ghost as if it's like a non entity. Yeah, like the yeah. whole time that he was speaking with with Crow and giving Crow his name, Glint keeps yeah. trying to say something, and Spider literally just, I mean, acts like he's literally not there. Yeah, like yeah. the these Ghost things are are just. To spider just tools, as far tools. As that's it. That's all they are. Um. So, entry five here. Tell me about Crow. Spider said without looking up. Glint flew closer and caught sight of himself on a small monitor. Quite well, Glint answered. He's feeling more confident. While good, 
said Spider dismissively. He plucked a cracked chunk of seraphite from the current of air as it passed and placed it back in the beam. Has anyone told him? Glint didn't have to ask for clarification. Not outright. He knows he wasn't a good person. He gathered that much from the guardians who killed him. But he hasn't heard his old name. Spider gave a phlegmy grunt of contentment. And there haven't been any indiscretions? It's actually a funny story, Glint said. He ran across a warlock who recognized him as an Awoken. And she... He was seen, Spider shouted, striking the side of a passing crate. Not seen, Glint said. She noticed his skin under his gauntlet. He told me he didn't want to risk further exposure, so he left. I gave him rules for a reason. Following the rules is counter to his nature, Glint said blithely, then noticed Spider's scowl. Frustrating, I know. He could ask anything of the next guardian he sees, and I couldn't stop him. Spider growls, you will stop him. The thing is, said Glint, someday he'll realize who he was doesn't matter. What's important is who he is. Who he is, Spider hissed, is an investment. I'm counting on you to remind him of that fact. A damaged crate floated past, a loose glimmer swirling in the gravity beam behind it. Baron Spider, Glint said respectfully, in his short new life, Crow has faced more than his share of cruelty. He learned what it is to truly suffer. Glint mistook Spider's contempt for contemplation and continued. He isn't afraid of being hurt anymore. You want him to stay, he said helpfully. You'll need to offer him more than threats. Thank you, Glint, he said, his voice calm. I will call for you again if I need you. So, Glint, having the best of intentions, has, I think, told Spider exactly what he needs to do to keep Crow on a leash. Absolutely. That's like that was that was to me that was like the most intense like reading this as an outside viewer, right? Like knowing Glint, knowing mm-hmm. Spider and, and everything about him. Like in your head, you're like screaming at Glint, like, for the love of God, shut up, little ghost, and just leave. <laughs> Stop giving him ammunition. Stop giving him what he wants. Like just just leave. But yeah, but Glint is very Glint is very. Uh, you said it earlier. Uh, uh, optimistic, uh, optimistic, yeah, overly very, optimistic about everything. Very mm. trusting, very optimistic, very much like it, it, it. It's not. It's not even a second thought to be like, "Hey, you know, here's what's going on with 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 my guardian, and here's every little detail about his life, and da 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 da, and here's his day to day stuff going on." Yeah, and I, I feel like uh, Aldrin certainly doesn't, or Crow certainly doesn't, but um, Glint also, I don't think, has probably ever had an interaction with Spider before now, so they don't know his reputation, per se. Right. They And they even refer to him as Baron Spider. They think he's the head of a Elixney house. Yep. Not the mobster that he is. Um, so which is, which kinda... is interesting. So this... And this this is where I was getting a little kind of 
I don't want to say sidetracked or, or confused a little bit, but the whole Baron Spider thing, mm-hmm. uh, not to derail like we always do, uh, <laughs> typically the head of a house for the Elixney has been referred to as Kel. Where does Baron come from? Because the only time I remember seeing Baron was the Baron of the Scorn. That's a good point. I'm not I'm not as up to date on my Lixney hierarchy as I maybe should be. But you're right. We always think of <laughs> we <laughs> We always think of um that yeah, as Kel is the head of a house. So I don't know if Baron is traditionally under Kel or if it would be uh, over Kel, like to me, Kel is Kel is like the head of house. Like that's like yeah, yeah. I'd always because you know Kel of Kells is like yep. the, the you know the prophesized like leader the, the of prophesized leader. Yep. Yeah. Whereas so, like Baron might be like a like maybe a general, like maybe maybe second in command or something like that. Because we didn't like what I'm thinking. Um, like Spider himself talks about having lieutenants, so we know that he has some toward some sort of uh, hierarchy that he's. If he hasn't built it for himself, it's something that has definitely learned from Elixney uh, culture and, and and history. So I would think that Baron would kind of be like that, like maybe step down from Kel. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking up here to see if I can find real quick. Uh, command structure of the Elixney here. Okay, so Baron. Do you, did you find a full command I structure? <laughs> I did. I found a full command structure for the Elixir. Um So the Kel is the political leader of a fallen house. The Baron is a noble captain who, le- who lead their respective flotilla of fallen skiffs and catches. So, yes, Kel is still the top of a house. Baron is like their... They're second in command and third in command that are it's, in control of of fleets under that Kel. So, and and that's what I was about. To, like that, that's very interesting. That the Hell is very much a political leader, whereas the Baron is more of a militaristic leader. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like this. This. Like so. That I mean that that to me says a lot about. Elixney, what would you call that? Elixney culture, Elixney. Yeah, uh, Elixney like the, Yeah, like that's the fact that they have like this head of like almost like a head of state, and then they've got like mm-hmm. you know like all these little like oh this is this is my general of the of the of the air force type thing, and and he specifically commands all these these catches and 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 ships. For me, mm-hmm. and then underneath him is a few lieutenants that that handle the ground forces, and then underneath him we have a few captains that have their little squads of dregs and and vandals, right? Because dreg it, now, yep. correct me if I'm wrong. Dregs are specifically docked, like they they are two handed yes. to me. Vandals yep. and marauders are not. Uh, correct. Um, dreg is their their I believe lower arms are docked. Um, until such a time that they prove themselves worthy of more ether, in which case they 
literally grow and evolve into a vandal or a marauder um and they're allowed to grow their their arms back at that point there's there's so much there is so much like oh yeah there's so much to elixir culture that is just like it's it's genuinely mind-blowing say that's another episode idea we'll have to absolutely all about the the history and and interworkings of the elixir oh um but that is not this episode (laughs) that is not this episode now that we have covered the hierarchy of the elixir let's get back to (laughs) silly little glint and his crazy overlord master silly little glint has told spider that you can't threaten crow with bodily harm anymore because he's been through it all he he just doesn't care anymore he's like he knows he he's just used to it at this point uh and a mild inconvenience now yeah glint i think trying to be like you know offer him some respect and rewards and blah 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 blah. and baron hearing like okay i need to tighten that noose uh and if he can't do it through you know, harm to Crow directly. He can do it through the one thing Crow actually cares about. Um, and that brings us to the next entry in a tangled web, which is entry six. Well, before, Revenant's before that, there touch. is one thing that I do want to, I do want to back up on, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. which, which was uh, entry number four, um, where he comes across um, odd looking elixir. Okay, so I don't have four in my notes, so let me pull it up in game. If you've got it in front of you, go for yep, it. Yeah, I've got it in front of me, so I'll I'll do a quick rundown of it. Uh, again, try to paraphrase as much as I can. Basically, uh, he's fight he's fighting these things that look like elixni, but they they oh, they yes. just won't stay dead, right? Um, and we we know that these are the scorn, right? So these are the dark ether infused uh, elixni. Um, they were basically, you know, trying to hit up, uh, bear, uh, 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 spider storehouses. And so, crow, you know, spider sent crow after him and they said, you know, scorn are bad for business and da, 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 da. And so crow was like, all right, so we're going to see if we can get in here, you know, be the stealthy hunter that he is. And but the scorn are so like hyped up on this dark ether that they have like heightened senses. Like they either, a, either, a thick sense or like a sense they have heightened sense of smell or something, but they could easily, they easily caught him. So they kind of get him cornered into like a, a little kill box, just a little derelict ship uh, that only has one way in or out. And then they start kind of coming inside. And that's where Crow up, up to this point has been very much uh, a long range fighter. He's very much a, a sniper. And which is, which to me is just hilarious because of all of his interactions as Uldren with Jolien. Yep. Right. Like he's yeah, that, always that was been was the long range sniper scout kind of kind of thing. Exactly. And so that was that was very interesting to me to see that even his natural fighting instincts of his past life has seeped into him being into his identity as a guardian to mm-hmm. want to be the long range sniper, to want to be down the barrel or, you know, down the down the down the scope of a barrel, like like just wanting to be as far away not not as far away as possible to be but to be able to just you know plink people off with nobody having any clue where he is be kind of like that ghost right so he's he's in there and he's like all right well let's see if we can do this and so he starts he's got his little revolver and and he starts popping rounds off at people and 
and or at the at the scorn and he gets a few of them and and uh while he's while he's dealing with them this thing comes up from behind and and crow like finds a little hole in the hull and starts tearing it apart and crow pop 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 unloads everything he's got into the body of it and it finally lumps lumps dead dead being in quotations um into the kind of blocking the hole um that it had just created and then you know two more stalkers try to move in and and flank him and you know they they get excited and and uh one of them uh catches the side of 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 Aldrin in the head with with their little mace uh their little flaming mace which of course now are stasis maces because why the hell not because yeah. uh, <laughs> screw stasis no <laughs> um, so cast him in the head brings him down and they start they just they pile on him and they there's a raider who's got all fours of his arms like they're he's literally got his gun pressed against crow's head and they're wrestling back and forth with, with this weapon and and crow manages to push it away from his face and gets it pointed at one of the stalkers and he's fiddling around with the other end trying to get the trigger to pull and finally gets it pop pop and and pops pops the two uh stalkers dead and so then the the raider gets pissed and hucks the rifle across the room and they're they're literally going back and forth and 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 the he's literally like clawing into crow's body and and that's when that's when like uh crow starts i don't want to say unleashing the light but the light like fills crow and crow can feel the light everywhere around him and it and it makes him stronger it it physically makes him able to just push away from this thing like this thing it, it, it like ripped open his stomach and his and was just literally like to the almost like crows to almost to the point of death and then he's he's got the light surrounds him and and he just goes crazy starts hucking hucking knives this whole time and right be- right before he frees himself this creature is like growling in his face this one word over and over and over again and and it freaks crow out and that's when the light takes over and he starts hucking flaming knives and shooting you know hot ash is going everywhere and smokeless light and just it's fucking awesome right like turns into a badass turns into the turns into this badass hunter and as he's as he's escaping um he he keeps thinking of that one word that was said over and over and over again and that word was father 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 because the crow as Aldrin literally created the scorn Vickerel was the first, and from there he created the Dark Ether to help bring the other scorn back to life. So now there's a whole out there that's calling him father, and he's like, This is fucking weird. <laughs> like he has no yeah. idea what to even do with that information. Like he it's such a jarring, off-putting thing that that Crow himself, I think, has no clue what to do with this information. Now, I, I think he's kind of choosing to ignore it more yeah. than anything. He's choosing to think of them as just mad, crazy creatures, uh, then try to even begin to understand what it might mean. But it's, uh, it, to me, that's also crazy because, like, that means the scorn as, as an undead entity or whatever they, you know, like, they recognize him. Yeah. 
I mean, they know they, they recognize him as father, as as the creator of themselves. And they recognize him aesthetically as the creator, but they didn't like stop trying to attack him and bow down and do what this you is said true. kind of thing. This is true. They still attack him as a light bearer, but but there's but there's still that sub that subroutine in their head that's like, this is our father, this is our creator. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um so I just wanted to mention that one interaction of Crow and the, and the Scorn. That was yeah, that that to me just I mean leads so much more in, into fucking with his guy's poor head. Like <laughs> Yeah. So um it was actually after the events with the Scorn that Glint had his discussion with Spider, which then led to Spider's actions um that put Glint in the state that we knew him in when we first came across Crow. Uh, and that was in Tangled Web number six, Revenant Switch. What was it we talked about before you left? Spider's rhetorical question sat like a weight of stones on Crow's shoulders. Crow didn't look up, and when he started to answer, Spider cut him off. Guardians can't be trusted, Spider reminded him. They can be useful, they can be powerful, but never trusted. Baron, I only thought to know, Spider bellowed. You didn't. If you thought about anything, you wouldn't have exposed. Spider caught himself, words turning into a snarled grumble as he laid back in his throne. You screwed up. But maybe... There's some... Spider hesitated and chose his words carefully. Wisdom and your hands are too good a resource to cast aside, especially on matters beyond our our mutual. Spider held out a hand. I have an idea to protect you. His offer sounded sincere. If Spider meant his investment and not Crow as a person. Send Glint over. Instead of answering, Spider snatched Glint out of the air with a hand. Glint shrieked, and Crow stood swiftly, but just as swiftly saw the arc pikes of Spider's guards thrust at him. Spider made a clicking noise in the back of his throat and reached for a set of tools nearby. Tools it used to pry open the shells of dead ghosts. They would work on living ones just as well. Stop! Crow cried as Spider wedged a flat tool beneath Glint's shell plates. With a snap, Spider popped one of the casings off, and he looked up to Crow and switched tools. Don't worry, Spider said in a soothing reassurance that flowed like ice. I'm just going to make some modifications, he said, igniting a cutting torch, to better protect you from the world. So... Jesus Christ. Spider is uh, making modifications. He is he is literally a dick. Like if if it comes out later in the current season that we get to go kill Spider, I I might be on board with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, if we get to canonically just kick his ass, I'm kind well, of okay with it. with it. Yeah, like so... he made our life kind of a kind of a I don't want to say a living hell, but I mean like he made us work our asses off. 
to get through yeah. to Aldrin, and then to to come back to this point, now he's just he's just a dick. So he's he's taken Glint. He's modified him in a way that has not been described quite yet. Uh, to better protect Crow. Really what he means is to make sure Crow doesn't get any ideas of trying to rebel. And we learn exactly what happened in the next entry, Entry 7, Broken Wing. I'm so sorry. Crow's voice was barely a whisper. For all his strength as a light bearer, he looked small, seated on the floor in his den, illuminated by the pale glow of a solitary lamp. Crow Crow cradled glint in his cupped hands. The ghost's monocular eye stared up at him and flickered weakly. It's all right. Glint couldn't blame Crow. I I think I'll be fine. Spider is... He had to cautiously choose his next words. Very skilled with modifying ghost architecture. He put a bomb inside you, Crow hissed. But I'm still here. Still with you reassured and you still have the light that's what matters i put you in this position crow said i let this happen you had no choice we can't change the past Clint said as he floated up out of crow's hands a little crookedly like a bird with an injured wing we can only look to the future crow forced himself to gaze into glint's single flickering eye My future is with you. You are all I have. The only person who... He lowered his voice, afraid Spider might overhear them. The only person who cares about me. You won't ever know who cares about you until you meet them, Glint contested, and then floated closer to Crow's face. You aren't a prisoner, he added. You, you could leave. Live a normal life without the light. Crow's jaw tensed teeth clenching. No, he said. I will not abandon you. You would never do that to me. The ghost looked away and thought for a moment, and then bobbed up and down. You're right, he said as he turned again to face his light bearer. Glint floated in and softly tapped his shell to Crow's nose. I'll never leave you. Crow reached out and gently took Glint into the palm of his hand. We are all we have, he whispered pulling his knees in close. Spider will never let us go, but at least we have each other. So as if the ghost canonically went, boop, and I loved it. (laughs) I fucking loved it. He did. Uh, I got you, babe. So this, as if Crow's life wasn't bad enough before this, he's now a prisoner to these awful circumstances. I... Spider has literally shoved a bomb in his ghost into Glint, uh, which not only ensures that Crow will cooperate because Crow doesn't want anything to happen to Glint, but it also ensures that if Crow ever does get rebellious and Spider pops that button on the bomb, he is now mortal and can be killed. Yeah. Uh, But there's some other interesting tidbits in here that are not directly related to Crow that I found kind of interesting. so specifically, uh, well, on one hand, the fact that ghosts can be modified in yeah. general is is kind of crazy. Uh, now, I, I do think it's not the 
the ghost orb in the middle that was modified. I think it was his the shell, shell on the outside. The I think you're right. Bits. Um, which, you know, why not just equip another shell? But right. I'm going to, I'm going to assume there's like some pressure trigger or something on the bomb to prevent that. I mean, the fact that he needed uh, a tool to pop that piece off. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, granted we as we as the the in-game character we just throw another ghost shell on like it's nothing i mean i i i, I think you and i kind of do the same thing every time we switch subclass we put on the the matching yeah. subclass <laughs> ghost shell. uh but yeah my ghost I, has I, literally I, been on fire <laughs> <laughs> filled with void arcing with arcs with lightning like yeah so that uh yeah no that's in to me it was like well just just throw another ghost shell on. So there had to have been something that even more than just the ghost shell itself. Yeah. That was modified. Like there, there Um, had to have been something either to the orb, the, the, the center of it, the, the, the central, central orb that is the ghost, mm -hmm. uh, had to have been modified somehow or some interaction between the two. Like maybe, maybe it's electromagnetic thing, whatever. Yeah. But it, this is fully like, there's a mini bomb. In, mm-hmm. in 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 Glint at this yeah. point. The other part that I found interesting was um, Glint says, you aren't a prisoner. You could leave, live a normal life without the light. So Glint is saying that Aldrin has, or Crow, has the uh, ability, and presumably all Guardians have the ability to just walk away from their ghost. And in this case, Glint would most likely die whenever it's discovered or, or maybe be held ransom or something. But um, if Crow had chose to do so, he could have just walked away, been disconnected from the light, I assume via proximity or death of his ghost through the bomb, and been mortal, essentially. Uh, That's an interesting take. I never mortal, even looked at it. I never even looked at it from that perspective. I always, when, when, when he mentioned you could walk away, live lightless, I always just thought of it as, yeah, you know, I could give up Glint and, and let him blow up and then just leave. But I never thought of that in like the bigger picture is like any guardian could just walk away from their ghost and be like, yeah, I'm done. Lights, yeah. lights cool and all, but I, nah, nah, I'm good. I'm good, bro. And I, I suppose we have examples of people living of guardians living after their ghost is gone. You know, you have Eris Morn as a perfect example. Yeah. Um, although she replaced it with a spooky rock. Uh, I still do. Do we know what that rock is? I'm 99% sure it's the Ahamkara bone that got her through the, the hell mouth. I, I, uh, I think it's, I, a, I think you're right. B, I think it's the only thing keeping her alive. Maybe so. Maybe so. I truly think um, that, that that little whatever she, whatever she wished, I mm-hmm. think that thing is keeping her alive. To, either to be a, to a specific point in time or whatever. I don't know. Ares, so, Ares is Ares. I want to talk about that, but I'm, I'm, I'm no, <laughs> stopping myself. And now uh, all of a sudden, this is an Ares episode. <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm gonna make one comment and then I'll stop myself. So, if that little rock is an Ahamkara bone and she carries it with her 
all the time, everywhere she goes. That means there's literally been an Ahamkara bone in the tower, around the Vanguard, around Cade, around Mara, and all of her meetings with Mara. Anytime that Eris was anywhere, we can maybe oh assume that that was also present. On the Dreadnought, on Europa. Holy shit. On the moon. On the moon, in front of the pyramid ship. Holy crap. So. Oh, damn it, Eris. <laughs> damn it. Uh, but, but enough about Eris. There's the teaser for some far off episode we haven't even thought about yet. Uh, the real reason why the universe is, is gone to shit. <laughs> Eris has brought a wish dragon bone all over the damn place <laughs> and just been whimsical about it. So, everyone just willy nilly, get granted wishes willy nilly. Um, okay you are a pony (laughs) how about that (laughs) fucking wish magic so if we if we zoom zoom away from eris and back in on crow here uh dude is is kind of at the lowest low possible he's gone from freedom but isolation to uh you know, kind of forced companionship and imprisonment. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this is the state he's in when we make our uh, fateful uh, introduction to him. So, uh, essentially, while Crow uh, is, is now permanently, as far as he's concerned, under Spider's employ, uh, the Wrathborn start to pop up on the Tangled Shore. Uh, and this is this all takes place during Season of the Hunt in-game. Uh, the Wrathborn are uh, essentially uh, Zivu Arath's way of making soldiers, is to just uh, use these cryptoliths to uh, infect and drive crazy with bloodlust whatever creature happens to be unlucky enough to wander into their influence Um, i think that's important to state there too because we saw we saw servitors we saw giant shanks mm -hmm. we saw ogres we i mean it wasn't just seeing hive stuff we were seeing all manner of creature that got anywhere near this thing just turned over, just like full on. Very one, of, similarly, one of Zima's lieutenants, I think. Very similarly to Taken, like anything can be taken, Ooh. and yeah, you know, is is gives itself over to in in those cases Oryx. Um, and I it, never it, it made that connection, but that's thing. absolutely what's happening there. So I'm. Kind of my my headcanon at the moment is that the the Wrathborn ability, uh, or the ability to create Wrathborn, I think is maybe be, is maybe either a a lower uh, lower version of the power to take, or is a related you know power uh, power of the darkness. Um, yep. But we do know now that. You know, currently canonically in the game, uh, Zivu Arath, I don't think has the power to take take beings 
um, on her own, but her benefactor, whatever the entity of the darkness is, does have the ability to take and is telling them to follow her command. So, uh, which I'm curious if that's a, I hesitate to say that that's a direct, because we still don't know who, who, I mean, in my head, Zebu Wrath is directly serving the darkness. Oryx was yes. directly serving the darkness. Savathun is, is, is indirectly serving the darkness, but wants to find a way out. Like everything about this yeah. season tells me that Savathun wants a way to free herself from her worm, to feed, to free herself from the darkness. Everything that we've seen in the Witch Queen trailers and the and the little teasers and previews makes it seem like the a throne world bathed in light. Like we don't we don't know if that's the light or just light in general. Mm-hmm. But I I think of it as as it's capital L light in the media. Uh, oh, even on the oh. oh, so it is. It is okay. the light. So it is the light. Holy shit! Okay. Um. Well, damn. <laughs> yeah. That would seem like uh, a good guy. We'll we'll see. We're, we're I might, apparently I might. based on the the trailers, we're still going to mess her up. But I might be Team Sabbathic. <laughs> no, don't bring that unholiness <laughs> in here. Do uh, not, do not. This is an official do not. Nobody in this chat, nobody listening to this podcast years down the road, do not Google. Savathun Rule 34. I'm telling you right now, it's a bad idea. Continue. Learn from Zora's misguided experiences. Uh, I don't know if they're misguided. They're they're definitely an experience, but they're just... (laughs) Don't do it. I'm just telling you right now, don't do it. Curiosity killed the cat. Absolutely Uh, it did. (laughs) It also killed all of Zora's imagination. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> leaving that where it is. That's uh, going to stay there. <laughs> the Wrathborn are under the direct control of Zivu Wrath with the only directive given to them to essentially fuck shit up. Kill. Uh, murder, murder, kill death, everything kill. that is not another Wrathborn. Yep. And that's bad for business. For Absolutely it is. Uh, it's making it very hard to acquire I- items as well as ship those items to and from you know his locations. Uh, so he needs them dealt with. But unfortunately, or, or I guess fortunately in the long run, but unfortunately for him, he has come to the realization that it's more than he can handle, even with Crow. Uh, as an asset, it's it's not something that um, can be dealt with with his current resources, right? And so Spider actually tells Crow to seek out Osiris on the moon to learn how to deal with the Wrathborn, because Osiris, and this is Osiris, not Savathun as Osiris, not Osiris, um, not Osiris, uh, Osiris had been on the moon All right. now, studying... to completely to completely derail. I just had a thought okay. in my head of oh, oh, Osiris Sustic. No. Don't Google no. that either. All right, continue. 
You just, no. You just, no. no. <laughs> you can't. You can't just take two things, smash them together, and go. There we go. No. There. Roll thirty-four. No. Go. No. You totally can. I'm telling you I right mean, now. You yes, totally that's can. How the I don't works, suggest I know, it. But... I don't condone it. I. I've seen it, but that's not the point. The point is, it's a bad idea. <laughs> if we could be demonetized, we would be. God damn it, uh, we are. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> Spider sends Crow out to specifically for Osiris uh, because Spider knows through his spy network Osiris is on the moon studying the cryptoliths of the hive uh specifically because of um savathun and sivurath's involvement with uh the events of shadow keep yep however as we know uh osiris while he's out there studying these uh, is attacked by Sivurath's high celebrant. Uh, Sagira ends up sacrificing herself to allow Osiris to escape, we think, or we thought at the time. Uh, really, all that sacrifice <laughs> did was open the possibility for uh, Savathun to possess him, as yep. we have discovered in the current season and just as a, um, just as a quick reminder as far as like a timeline so forsaken happens uh you know all those events happen at some some point in time in that year uh, mm-hmm. uh which was the season of the forge uh the season of the joker or gambit and then the season of opulence uh sometime in that year uh that's when crow becomes crow or or aldrin is resurrected and then eventually finds his way into the employ employ or i guess imprisonment of the spider and shadow keep happens and then so from shadow keep uh crazy shit happens on the moon with the vex and the vex start invading again we find our way back into the black garden again uh and find out that there's darkness ships in there um, and they've been there this whole freaking time uh we try to take care of that threat we bring, um, we work with Osiris and and work through the sundial, and uh, find a time like Cabal try to take over the sundial and and create a timeline this that and the other where they win and and through this manipulation of that we end up bringing Saint fourteen back from the dead essentially making Saint mm-hmm. fourteen himself a perfect paradox not just a shotgun but he himself as an entity is a perfect paradox. Um, and and I'm trying to think what happened. Oh, and then of course there then then there was the arrivals where all the all the darkness ships started showing up in the universe. Um, to, made planets disappear, all that jazz. Uh, then of course we find our way to Europa, where Eris and Drifter and the Exo Stranger get together, and they start doing crazy shit out there. And we we follow them out there. Uh, and that's that's the time that that's the time where we come across. Uh, that's the time where we're told to go investigate mm-hmm. the moon and 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 see what because because just before that we're getting all these little distress um, uh, uh, not beacons but like messages from uh, Osiris uh, into Zavala's uh, 
uh, office and we used, I don't think you can go there now and, and see them, but you used to be able to go in there and, and kind of play through them a bit. And, uh, um, and they're just, they're just constant messages of, from, from Osiris, uh, all the way up to the point to where even, even he, we even learned of Sagira being sacrificed and now he's lightless. And, and so now he's, he even feel like there's a severe sorrow in Saint or in 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 um, Osiris at that point. Uh, but yeah, so that's 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 as far as timeline from you know Aldrin death all the way to us meeting up with him on the on the uh, on the moon. Lots lots of shit's happened. Yeah. So Aldrin's. Uh, resurrection as crow, I believe, happens in the fifth visit to the queen's throne room, um, which would be three would be fifteen weeks after Forsaken. Holy cow! I think because uh, it was three three almost, week cycle, almost almost three whole months. Yeah, um, but I say from that point to beyond light he's been wandering for some of it and then under uh spider's control for the rest of it so he's probably at least been with spider for a year by the time we come across if not longer sure Um, i I could definitely see that so like i and and this is where i'm gonna kind of tote bungie's little in-game timeline here uh, I really, I really enjoy it because it really helps kind of lead things out. It does, yeah. Uh, so obviously that entire year of Shadow Keep, I'm thinking that he was in, he was in the employ of Spider. So imprison, imprisonment. I'm going to call it imprisonment. I keep calling it employ. He was a prisoner. There is, yeah. there is nothing about that relationship that was not captor and 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 prisoner. Even from the very beginning, even even from the moment where he's like, "Well, let's try out the name Crow." I'm glad I rescued you. Like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no. Hundred percent imprisonment that entire time. Like, that is just yeah. that's yeah, absolutely that's bullshit. Um, um, so there's at least at least six to nine months of him wandering around, getting beaten to death every every day. That's yeah. a long time to get beaten to death every day. Yeah, and well, we don't we don't know as every day, but every interaction he had with another guardian was negative, essentially. I uh, I I mean, you tell me you're going to go through the universe one day without seeing a guardian. I mean, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, just that's just I'm just gonna put that little piece of information out there and just let that <laughs> sit on the floor there for a second. And and then you tell me that he didn't get beat to death every day for nine months straight. Okay, he probably did. Uh, I think he did. I absolutely think I think and, and this is this is me as 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 the person. I have finally for, there are some people out there, uh my wife is definitely amongst this, who will never forgive Kate. Cade never forgive Aldrin for for what happened to Cade for for killing Cade. Mm-hmm. I feel like me as a person, and I know I'm going to get hate mail for this. I have finally forgiven 
boy, that's even hard to say out loud. Uh, crow for for what has happened, what happened with Cade. I I know part of it was was him, but I know a lot of it was not him. A lot mm-hmm. of it was the darkness, the the influence of Riven, the all of that just compounding into like this catastrophic event and and then to see how much he has suffered since then and 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 unknowingly suffered yeah and i I think that's that's the thing to to really like drive home and remember like he is almost of the mindset that he is deserving of what's happening to him to some degree um without even knowing the story like he has just decided that if people are that viscerally you know if they have that kind of visceral hatred for him that clearly whatever he did is deserving of this this punishment uh but he doesn't know he doesn't know what it was doesn't even know doesn't even have a clue Ah. it's just that much more tragic like it's it's genuinely that much more tragic and 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 for that to happen and of course you know all the events of the shadow keep and and i i completely forgot about uh season of the worthy which was which was the whole uh uh sending the almighty to crash into the into the tower and uh rasputin saying hey shit's coming this way um Mm -hmm. and i was going hmm that sucks (laughs) <laughs> but no, like, when's it gonna crash? What six this, weeks from now? Yeah, we got time. <laughs> this is the one time that I was like, I, I, look, right, like, like this was the one time I was like, what the hell? Okay, first yeah. off, every week, every one of those bunkers got upgraded with the little dots moving in. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not like we didn't see it coming. No, no, we we have pretty clear indication that stuff is on its way. Uh, <laughs> and this this whole time we're just like, hey, what what are, what do these little lights mean? Weird. It's <laughs> almost like all these little dots look like our solar system. Hey, look, there's that kind of looks like the asteroid belt. Hey, that's pretty big. That kind of looks like Jupiter. What are the dots moving in around this stuff? That's super weird. And we're all just like, come on. Come the hell on. Nobody sent a single <laughs> ship out there to go, hey, what the hell is this? Or we didn't like send a radio signal out to go, hmm, I wonder what's pinging out hmm. out there. We were smart hmm. enough to do that in the golden age. Yeah. Why were we yeah. not smart enough to do it now? <laughs> Sorry. Rant so, over. Off exactly. That's storytelling. Off soapbox. Yeah. So Rasputin. Rasputin's um, in it for its own freaking. Unless if Rasputin, unless if we truly believe that Rasputin could handle this, like, because we didn't, we didn't know fully the extent of Rasputin's play in the collapse at all. And I still don't Correct. think we know his full. I think we we have theories and we have some strong evidence towards a few things, but yeah, there's no definitive. Like what his role this. in the entire collapse was, we have yeah. we have. We have Crow perpetuating the idea that Rasputin shot Traveler. That's that's literally their version of who shot Jr. Like it's just mm-hmm. Crow running around telling everyone Rasputin shot the Traveler. You know that, right? Like, <laughs> turns out it was all a dream sequence. Oh my god, we're still in the dream sequence. Oh my god, God! Now I feel old because I know that it's a dream sequence. 
Thanks, Dallas. You're the best. Anyway. Uh... Anyway. Uh, coming, <laughs> coming back to uh, Crow going to the moon to meet with Osiris to figure out what yes. the heck do we do about these Wrathborn. Well, um, I really tangent there, didn't I? That was... You really did, but that's okay. That's what we're doing. All right. We, we, know what, we know what we're getting into. Uh, <laughs> so the, the quest itself has um, some interesting text in it. Text that, that we already know, but is relevant for this. Um, so Zavala sends our, our guardian to the moon as well, um, saying that Osiris has been trying to assess the damage caused by the return of the darkness. He believes that Zivu Arath, the hive god of war, seeks to take advantage of the power vacuum left in its wake. Uh, He was investigating the physical manifestations of her magic near the Scarlet Keep when his ghost Segura was slain. Uh, And essentially, Osiris delivered a message through a secure channel requesting that you personally aid him in this hunt. The hunt for the high celebrant. Um, so I uh, say we the I found this interesting because at this point Osiris is Sabathun. Osiris is possessed. Presumably. Right. Presumably he was possessed pretty much as soon as Sagira was was out of the picture. Um, uh, real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. okay. Because we have an idea. Oh, what was the weapon? Is it the bow? The wolf oh, draw for, bow? Yeah, that was uh, where it's his his perspective, Osiris's perspective inside his possessed body. So, so I'm going to read the first two paragraphs there. Uh, the slithering dark is cold against my face. I cannot speak, cannot breathe. I reach for Sagira, but then I remember... A form, I form a fist, but feel nothing. I am bound as I thrash the images cut as the, as I, I am bound. And as I thrash the images cut fissures through my mind, someone, the awoken prince, he helps me in my feet, but I still struggle in the dark. And now she is standing, thanking him, but she uses my voice, my voice. And so that, like, we do know that obviously, like, there was some sort of time there because he can he can remember that Sagira is dead in this in this passage. So there is some sort of timeline there of of like he was definitely without Sagira for a little while, and I, and then his I first image I'm... of seeing the Awoken Prince of seeing Aldrin, he is already at that point in time he has already been possessed. Yeah. So I think a little while in this instance is literally like. 30 seconds. Uh, really? Because... I was thinking more like a week or new, so. The new auto rifle, um, Chrysura Mello, Ooh. is Sabathun's perspective of this event. Oh. Uh, and she says... Alright, now uh, you know I gotta go find it. So, there, it, it lists a lot of things that Sabathun um, has been doing recently, but specifically near the bottom... It says, Sabathun, physical form, a twisting instar, emerges from the shadows and crawls over the shattered pieces of the ghost. She reaches toward the ruined man. So if we take this literal, and she is literally crawling over the body of Segura, then presumably Segura very recently died. Yeah. 
which makes me think that like pretty much Segura died, pushed back the celebrant, and now Osiris is alone in the aftershock of that death. And that is when Savathun possessed him. Um, is how I interpret that. If if we were to assume that that is a literal recount, yeah, that's I'm I'm reading it right now. That's I that's within seconds. Yeah, so I think Osiris kind of got the the one two punch of Segura is gone, Light is gone, his best friend for millennia just died and now he's no longer himself within Jesus a few seconds of each other. All right, Seth, uh, I'm gonna say this right now. Damn, I keep switching sides on Sabbath. Uh <laughs> oh I I have more supporting evidence to, to be against Sabathoon just coming up in in relevant to Crow story here. All right, uh, rock rock and roll with it. Lay it on me, baby. So, and say it it all it isn't all right this minute, but uh will be as we progress through season of the hunt specifically. Yeah. Um uh but so what I was my original point, Osiris is possessed by Sabathun. I think he's possessed by Sabathun when he sends this message to Zavala, explicitly asking for us, the guardian. To come to him. Oh aid. shit! Because every single quest this season, when she wants to talk, she says the guardian. Period. You. Period. Is what it says. And oh my god, so, she has literally been looking directly for us. Right this from whole the get go, we, the player character guardian, have been her target. Uh, that's mind blowing. The fact that she she really is like the goddess of deceit and trickery. Mm -hmm. Like she will not, there is nothing direct about her at all. No, not at all. And it's fascinating to go through these quest dialogues, uh, knowing what we know now, because there's so many little things that I'm, I'm pulling out and I'm going, wait a minute. Is, is she doing this for a reason? Uh, that, that I think Holy is shit. really interesting to discuss. But this particular mission, so we land, we go through um, the catacombs of, of the moon, uh, and we come upon who we believe is Osiris, uh, who is uh, about to be attacked by a hive knight, and uh, is saved, that hive knight is killed by none other than Crow. And the entire time through this mission, Glint has been transmitting messages to us, uh, you know, little updates on like, hey, you know, we're my guardian and I are fighting our way to, to help you and, and little things like that. Um, so Crow... If, if I'm not saving. mistaken, Crow kills the uh, uh, knight with a bomb. Yes. The, the Dreaming City sword. So he still he still likes his Dreaming City. Yeah. Um, There's still a little bit of a Woken in him. <laughs> just a little. Just a little. <laughs> and so we get we get this dialogue uh, immediately after the killing of the night. Glint. We warned you it was going to be dangerous down here, especially for the ghostless. I'm, I'm glad to see we're all okay, though. I'm Glint, by the way. It's a pleasure to meet you all. 
Glint, go on. Introduce yourself. They call me the crow. My boss wants to see you. So why I found this little interaction fun uh, is not only this is the player character meeting crow and coming to terms with the fact that it is Aldrin resurrected. Um, but I found it kind of funny that, and, and maybe this is a little bit of defiance on Glint's part. Uh, Glint pushed Aldrin, pushed Crow to interact with us, to introduce himself specifically. Oh. Now, I don't know if Glint knew who we were. If Glint was aware that it was the Guardian that, you know, had been the one that had uh, dealt justice to Aldrin, or if he was just trying to get anybody from the outside involved. Um, But I, I think Glint very intentionally was being defiant of Spider's orders and seeing the opportunity that like, well, I can't rely on Osiris because he doesn't have any power anymore. But if I, if I get this other guy involved, then like maybe something will happen. Dude. Uh, And then, and so, all right. What if all that was Sabathun's ultimate goal in the first place? (laughs) Now, I don't think Sabathun planned for Crow to be there. Okay. That, I don't think, was an expectation. Uh, however, she's not going to let a perfectly good tool go to waste. That's what I'm getting. Uh, like Everyone sees Crow and Glint as this tool, as this thing to be used. And yes. all he wants is just to... He just wants to be. Like... <sighs> I know. I know. He wants it's... respect. He wants purpose. He wants people that care about him the person not him the power or him whatever he used to be it's so heartbreaking it's so i just want to give him a hug that's all i want i just (laughs) want to give him a hug that's all i want to do tell him everything's gonna be okay (laughs) so we go back to uh back with pro to see the spider um, and Spider is very much not expecting us, the Guardian, to show up uh, with Crow. Um, and so some of the dialogue from that, uh, Spider, what is this? I thought I told you to bring me the warlock Osiris. Osiris lost his ghost. He's gone back to the tower to recover. Spider, now then... Perhaps we can help each other out then. I know how accomplished you are at exacting revenge. He chuckles. Zivuarath is using her high celebrant and those damned cryptoliths to corrupt Elixni. Cabal too. But I'm losing soldiers and glimmer by the skiff load. I know what Osiris was doing on the moon. I also know you all fare far better given the proper motivation. Leave us, Crow. The Guardian and I have terms to discuss. So Crow leaves off to the his room in Spider's area. 
Spider continues, my little bird sure is something, isn't he? I have to imagine you share in my appreciation of fate's cruel sense of humor. I found him wandering the reef like a piece of wind-blown trash. Aimless, hopeless, no memory of the prince he was. Now I could have sent him off to the tower, but we all know what's waiting for him there. Couldn't let that happen, so I took him in, as a kindness. As far as his loyalty is concerned, I took a few extra precautions and made some modifications to his ghost show. If he ever flies too far from the nest, boom. That ugly business out of the way. Let's focus on what really matters. This hive infestation. And so I propose a partnership. You go out there, do what it is you do best. And I'll lend a hand through resources you need to get it done. Maybe even a little something extra on the side. Hmm? Don't just mention the name Aldrinsov. For his sake. So just reaffirming everything we, we already knew. Uh, there's a bomb in Glint. He's being held hostage. Uh, nobody, including Spider, wants him to know that he was Aldrin. Wants Crow yeah. to know that he was Aldrin's off. Yep. Uh, Crow, in a very, um, I don't know what I want to say surprising, but I, I feel like this is a trait that is maybe different or developed differently than what we were told of Aldrin, as far as I remember. And that is that he is very, very, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, crafty. Yeah. Uh, because we never hear of Aldrin, like, making things. Um, you know, we, we hear a lot about his personality, but I don't recall ever there being I can't a think of one of instance where it was like stuff. a, yeah. Where uh, Crow very much enjoys it. And I wonder if that's by nature of being around the Elixni for so long. Um, you know, Spider's Elixni, as well as any others he may have come across. Well, and, and, and Mara even talks, tells Crow, like, you finally found your people here in the, or tells Aldrin at the time, you finally found your people in, in mm -hmm. the Elixni. And so, like, the Elixni are very much about that getting scrap, crafting something from nothing. And yes. Bro very much has that uh, that skill, that, that yeah. tinkerness in him, <laughs> that curiosity. And he uses that to create the Cryptolith Lure, which ends up being the artifact or, uh, yeah, the artifact of the, for the season. Um, and is uh, what is used to, as the name suggests, lure Wrathborn out to then go hunt them and that's the whole seasonal loop uh for for that particular bit of gameplay uh however the little story behind the lure is kind of interesting and kind of fun actually um so this is the lore card on the cryptolith lure itself yep pro felt a subversive rush as he assessed the aisles of display cases filled to the brim with curios and artifacts Glint maneuvered through the rows, scanning item after item. Look, an Ahamkara brain, fully intact. And here, a Golden Age missive written on pulped plant matter. And this looks like a pre-collapsed data pad, named after a fruit. And here, Glint, 
Crow interjected. Do you hear that? The ghost froze in midair. Crow could hear something in the room. Not moving, not rustling, but whispering? Yes, soft voice calling out. Crow crept to the back of the room toward a city-age cabinet filled with extinct circuitry. On the bottom shelf, covered in dust, was a nodule of hive technology. Crow remembered seeing similar components atop hive cedar ships. Crow picked up the component. The whispering increased to a near-audible level, both comfortingly familiar and repulsively alien, before falling silent. This is it, Crow muttered to his concerned ghost. I found our transmitter. So this bit of hive tech is what eventually he turns into the cryptolith lure to lure out those Rathborn. Um, real, real quick, though. This looks like a pre-collapsed data pad named after a fruit. After a fruit. It is Tell me that's not a literal Apple iPod. That's exactly what it is. iPod, iPad, something. God yeah, exactly damn it, Bungie. <laughs> I I got a good I got a good laugh out of that when I first read I it. got a complete um, chuckle out of that. Like that when I read that, I was just like, hold the hell on. <laughs> what is this? Although, although I would say even more interesting in a destiny in the destiny world, a fully intact Ahamkara brain. What the hell is that doing there? What? Who the hell got what? that? What the hell is that doing? I mean, Spider has it. I don't know where he got it from. But I was so intrigued know... with this whole fact that he's got an Apple iPod, iPad. Didn't even <laughs> remember there's an Amkara brain there. So, like, we know what their bones can do. What about the organs? Like, Christ. <laughs> it's, uh, can this thing actively talk to us? Can this thing, like... Right? Does it have the ability to feed on wishes? Does it have the ability to grant wishes? Like, good lord, Ahamkara are freaking everywhere, and they're everywhere. terrifying. <laughs> Literally everywhere, and are probably the most terrifying thing in this universe. And we just walk around willy nilly. Yeah, freaking wearing bits of them in some cases. Yeah, yeah. Screw it. Yeah, we'll throw on those Ahamkara claws. Yeah. Uh, but. So uh, so we have the lure. We, uh, canonically in the story during Season of the Hunt, the Guardian is going through uh, with Crow, um, you know, luring out and hunting these Wrathborn with the intention of eventually getting our way to the High Celebrant, which is kind of the commander of the Wrathborn. Yeah. Um, so that once the High Celebrant is gone... Rathborn won't be controllable anymore and they won't be making them anymore is the thought process which is kind of interesting to me like when we talked about the 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 Rathborn all being very Taken-esque very you know like I I never think of the Taken as having like a like a hierarchy like a, a military structural anything I've always thought of them as just mindless drones but in this yeah. sense the high celebrant has has at least some form of control over them and in turn, Zewa Wrath has some form of control over the High Celebrant. Well, and I don't see, I don't perceive the High Celebrant as a Wrathborn itself. I perceive sure. the High Celebrant as 
a mem is a hive that is not wrathborn that is loyal to Savathun and is like one of her generals, essentially. Yeah, no, absolutely. So like the the high celebrant has full capacity, has you know, full mental capacity. Um and then the the Wrathborn are it within its direct control is it, kind of what I was uh, how I took it. Um, but amongst all of this, a very important quest happens. I uh, and it's important not only for those that are fans of this weapon from D one, but also very important canonically for. Crow and kind of how Crow starts to perceive himself and uh, his past and his future. And that was the quest for Hawkmoon. Yep. Uh, so this started with Crow getting, uh, essentially getting dream visions uh, of flying over the European dead zone. And there would be this, this, uh, bright column of light that he was always flying towards and you know but before he got there it would it would kind of blink out and wither away and then he'd wake up and the dream just kept repeating over and over and over uh to the point where he was like hey this is weird can can we go to the the edz and just figure out what the fuck's going on Uh, so that's pretty much what you do uh you know you're you as the player character as well as crow who is always just on the other side of the ridge kind of thing uh are communicating as you go through this mission together um and uh to to fight your way to the shard of the traveler essentially uh, uh now very interesting is on as you're fighting through to get to the shard of the traveler which to you in that first mission with crow you fight fight korusk and tarusk light stealer of sabathun are the named enemies. Jesus Christ. So, Literally since the beginning. She, this, this, you weren't kidding when you, when you were like, there's all these little things in here that are like, how did we not see this coming? Yeah, so we have two named enemies that are both part of Savathun's brood, one of which is the Light Eater, which we've seen Light Eaters before, the Light Eater Ogres in yep. uh, King's Fall. Um, and say where they they just absorb light essentially, uh, but I thought this one was interesting. Tarisk the light stealer. Now the only person we have ever seen referred to when it comes to stealing light energy has always had a connection to Savathun. We have uh, Savathun's song, the strike that was on Titan that is no longer available, where they were stealing, pulling light out of Guardians and turning it into a, a crystalline form, a void crystal. Yep. Uh, and now a named enemy that is the light stealer of Savathun. So this just reinforces the idea that Savathun has been 
working with manipulating light and removing it from guardians or ghosts or whatever for quite some time to the point where she has designated members of her brood for that purpose. That's mind blowing. That's genius. Like, holy cow, like literally years. Like, Sabathun's been working for this, for whatever goal she's getting to in Witch Queen. For quite some Forever. Time. Um, and now I, I also wrote down a note here. So it, it's essentially determined by the ghosts as well as the uh, crow that the dreams he's been getting about the EVZ are uh, messages from the Traveler, uh, essentially. Visions from the Traveler. Right. Uh, so my question when you come up against these two named enemies that are of Savathun's brood, how did Savathun know about the Traveler's communications with Crow? And why did she want to stop him from getting the message? Why would she have sent, you know, these, these high-ranking members of her, her group to stop Crow and the Guardian from getting to the message the Traveler's trying to send? Now, the how could be easily explained, I suppose. You could just say that he's had interactions with Osiris. Maybe he mentioned it to Osiris before he mentioned it to us or something. And Osiris yeah. being Sabathun. Being Sabathun, like she would literally, like, he's basically giving her free information. Yeah. So, could 100% see that. And, you know, Sabathun may not have really figured out where to put Crow in her plans yet. Because even during the uh, end mission of Season of the Hunt, uh, where there's, there's a brief moment where it's believed that Crow may be lost in the Ascendant Realm, yeah. uh, like, kind of doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd say, it, through the voice of Osiris, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, sacrifices had to be made kind of thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, that's, that's too bad. I guess we'll... We'll we'll pour one out, uh, and but that tells me that at that point in time, I don't think she really had any grandmaster plan for Crow specifically. Mm-hmm. He was convenient when he was around. He fed her some information here and there, but she did not want him getting more powerful, and she did not have a need for him beyond his immediately immediate usefulness at that time. I think that still has just changed seen, now. Still just seeing Pro as, as a tool. Exactly. Yep. Uh, so this this poor guy has just I know. Uh, eventually you do fight your way through Sabathun's uh, lieutenants, uh, and you acquire through that mission and then another quest. Um you assist Crow with the forging of Hawk Moon. Uh, and even though we technically receive a Hawk Moon as well, um, just by nature of gameplay, canonically, Hawk Moon is Crow's weapon, the same way that Ace of Spades was Kate's weapon. Yep. Uh, Crow sees the forging of Hawk Moon as a message from the Traveler that he is not who he once was, but is now reborn as to as only a guardian. 
So essentially, Crow sees this as a message from the traveler. Like, it doesn't matter what you know, what form you took. It doesn't matter. It's similar to to how you literally are building Hawkmoon in this quest. Like, it doesn't matter where the frame came from. It doesn't matter where the part came from. All that matters is that now, forged in the light, you are a new thing, a guardian. Uh, which I think is is an important moment for Crow. Uh, because it it really is kind of him resolving himself to like I am more than what I used to be I am more than this mysterious past Uh, now I also found this interesting I did not catch this the first time I went through this mission Uh, there is another bit of text that's actually on the mission itself so like when you mouse over the mission you're in your quest tab sometimes there'll be a little blurb of text from somebody relevant to that mission so this is the blurb of text on that mission that comes from our ghost who interprets this a little differently our ghost says it's a warning it's everything it's us it's crow it's the taken it's our path guardian the traveler is talking about the future about how the choices we make will impact Crow and whatever his role to come will be. So our ghost is interpreting this same quest chain, the same steps, as this is the traveler telling us that we are going to be leading Crow into whatever he's going to become. That like we need to be careful about what we're what we're leading him towards because like it's all in our hands uh which i is a very different interpretation Um, so even it seems like even the ghosts being beings of light are not necessarily interpret things differently are not necessarily on the same wavelength when it comes to you know quote-unquote messages from the traveler that's just so. To me, that just speaks more to like the ghosts are such a unknown. I really don't think they know any more than than the, than the guardians do. themselves do. Yeah. No, I. I mean, in the same way, the the you know the the opening cinematic, the ghosts were born of the dying breath of the traveler. Uh, which spoilers, traveler and dead apparently, but uh. But has been I, has been same, awoken since. Has been awoken. Um, but in the same way that, like, you know, if you want to take those those terms literally, ghosts were born of the traveler, born of the dying breath of the traveler. If you take a kid, a, a newborn, you know, child that, for whatever reason, doesn't have interactions with their parents, like you know, a, a newborn that is adopted or or whatever. They're not going to have any idea what their mother or father's lives were like or what their values were or what, you know, they don't know because they never had the ability to to learn any of that. And if the ghosts don't get any kind of instruction from the traveler upon their, their birth, they're just as clueless as everyone else. That blows my mind. Like, so... Dude, we're literally just playing 
Dude, I'm, I'm, Jesus Christ. Every week, every week, there's some type of revelation that happens that leaves me like beyond speechless. That leaves me like to the point of like, dude, we, we really have no freaking clue. No, like, I, what, I'm... like what the ghosts are, what, what the ultimate purpose of the ghosts are. Even the ghosts don't even know why they're, they're here. Like, they just why, know, why are they even called somebody. ghosts? Why, like, what is... Yeah, I, I mean, they gotta be called something. So I'm, I have to assume even the name probably just comes from the, the populace, comes from the civilians that survived, that saw them, and... You and know, saw them bringing people where, back from the dead, and so yeah. in their mind, they were ghosts. They oh were my ghosts. gosh, dude, that's just... So, uh, I am very interested to see, because I think Witch Queen, by nature of it dealing with, you know, manufactured or corrupted ghosts, is hopefully going to dive into this a little bit. I hope so. Because um, like... I, I think there's a lot to learn there. Holy crap, dude. This is like... I'm I'm speechless. I'm I I, I, so, I have no words. I'm genuinely without words. Like I don't know. Well, while Zor processes, <laughs> this going this uh, going to take a while to process. My whole my whole life uh, has just been a game. Essentially, it's just, all been a game. We're in the it's matrix. All just, it's all just <laughs> been a game. <laughs> Just toying so, with me. Oh, player mine. God damn it. <laughs> Fucking. God damn it. <laughs> this is me jumping off the tower after having come to the re- revelation <laughs> that I am just a tool. You know, they have to have a whole space around the tower just like barricaded off. Where they don't want civilians to to be standing because there might just be a random guardian body fall and crush them. Please, please stay away from the tower. <laughs> Bodies incoming, and it just. <laughs> uh, but there's something wrong with us. I don't care, but this is. <laughs> Fucking, fucking, fucking. So, we're closing out Season of the Hunt here. Um, after acquiring Hawkmoon and coming to this revelation of, of he is more than, you know, than his past uh, and people's perception of him. Uh, we go on our mission. We finally track down the High Celebrant. Uh, Crow and the Guardian with Osiris on comms uh, go forth to, at the, at the time, not only end the High Celebrant, but seek revenge for Osiris. Uh, who, looking back at the dialogue, not all that concerned with revenge at yeah. all. Nope. <laughs> like, you can still play this mission, by the way, the Coupe de Gras mission, uh, and just listen to Osiris in that bit. Sabbath Dude, that whole time she is in now. there. She is in there trying to dismantle her sister. Yes, absolutely. From, from within, she's literally just using us and Crow 
as a tool to dismantle her sister. Yeah. Um, but despite which is all, not the first time we've seen the 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 hive sisters work. I, I don't want to say against each other, but I mean, Oryx absolutely killed both of them. Oh yeah. Yep. So I mean, it, um, like everything about it, the darkness is of, just well, to me at least sword logic. Absolutely, hundred percent. And so now, now she is just feeding off of that same sword logic now, which I'm curious of how much of that is worm driven and how much of that is just her own sanity driven, because we're talking about a, a, a species of creatures that never lived more than ten, fifteen years, like 10, yeah, yeah, and have now lived for eternities, for millennia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, it's. Uh... And it's interesting because they, again, we, you know, small tangent here at the end, uh, as we talk about Savathun, and and, because she is very deeply related to everything that goes on with Crow um, from from this point forward. Uh, I think in that same gun that you were reading, the the auto rifle from this season, Chriso, Chrysothea, whatever. Yep. I think she literally gives away what she wants, uh, or, or not gives away maybe, but muses on uh, what her end goal is, or, or maybe the, the fantasy that is driving her end goal, um, all the way down at, uh, well, not quite all the way down to the bottom, um, but... I do like the the main flavor text underneath it, though. If you hear it, remove your helmet and face the closest Corsair. They will know what must be done. Queen yeah. Mara. Like, so even, even Mara knows as soon as you start hearing the song, you're done. Like, that's, that's game over. You're getting your face blown away. Oh, maybe it wasn't this one. Um... I don't know. You've got me so, intrigued enough that I'm going to have to go through and read all these these lore entries. Oh, now. the the new the new weapon lore entries are fascinating. Uh, I always no, it's funny too because I always every time a new season and stuff comes out, I always think, oh, I want to go re- read the lore book. So I read the lore book and I'm like, oh my god, it's a heartbreaking story. This touching story. There's so li- much little hidden things oh yeah and the lore of like the guns and the and the armor and stuff like that that adds all these stories that i i need i need to go through and, and read these this this might be this might be a, a weekly thing for me now they're they're so 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 good um i'm trying to find one it talks about uh kind of sabbathin's longing and and wish that they had never made the deal with the worm gods. And um, I can I can totally understand that. Like that's like to go from from living this this I don't want to say miserable life, but this very minuscule life to to now living for eternity and now having all this burden, this I don't know, this having to play a game that that they're not they don't they never wanted to be part of in the first place, like having to be part of this light and darkness. This this overarching thing that they're just like we're just pawns. Like at 
and I think even we as the guardians are just pawns, but it's interesting to see how we as light bearers have taken to it as a, no, we need to fight for humanity. We need to fight for the solar system. And everywhere we see the darkness, it's all just like, no, nope, kill everything. Fuck everything. Fuck everyone. Kill everything. I don't, I don't care. Doesn't live, breathe, die. Don't care. Die, die. All of you die. Um, yeah. So it's, well, it's, it's Say it, it, the dark is take, the light is give, and in, yep. in a lot of ways, at, at the very core of their nature, that's that's what it comes down to. This is true because um, we always think of I'm, the sword logic being, or at least I've always thought of the sword logic itself being as a hive, a very um, not direct, a, a very literal interpretation of the darkness, whereas I. I I yeah. think sword logic is sword logic inherently hive or is sword logic inherently darkness. Sword logic is inherently darkness. Okay. Um, the hive did not when they were still the krill. They did not have anything. Uh, as far as I'm remembering, they did not have anything uh, about like survival of the fittest or because they only lived for like ten to fifteen years. Right. They're, like, like it, it was a ten years is such a, a fleeting of, amount of time in the overall time yeah. of the universe that like. There, there is no fittest like there. <laughs> right, it's get whatever you can out of it, essentially. Yeah. Um, this is gonna bug me now. Uh, I'm trying to trying to find it here. I I'm fairly certain it was on a new weapon. It it had to be. Uh, but now I'm I'm having a hard time finding out which one. Um, but from from what I remember, at least uh, trying to paraphrase, it was her Savathun kind of waxing uh, whimsically about, you know, their life was uh, short, yes, but so much simpler as the krill, and she had aspirate, like she remembered the face of her father and the face of her sisters at that time, because they were all of, of a single gender um, when they were krill. Uh, and like how the, you know, they didn't aspire for godhood. They didn't aspire for all this bloodshed. They, they just wanted to, you know, continue their existence in their, in their, their world. Uh, sure. And it, she sounded, and presumably this is sincere since it's a lore card and it's not a conversation to another person or anything like that. Um, she sounds very remorseful, not necessarily for what they've done, but for the fact that of, of how much she has left behind. Uh, yeah. And it was a very interesting kind of peek into... Um, you know, kind of Sabathun's, what Sabathun's way of thinking is. And I, I, I wonder if she sees uh, removal of the darkness and control of the light as a way to, like, try to get back to what Fundament was like. Uh, Interesting. So she may have very kind of sentimental reasons for as cold and calculating as she is, which doesn't make her 
any less of a bitch, but at least makes her slightly more understandable. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to dig it up uh, in, in reference for next time we go uh, in, into a deeper dive with Savathun herself. But um, to, to close out Season of the Hunt here, we kill the High Celebrant, uh, and I knew this was coming as soon as the dialogue was said in the way that it was, but Spider essentially tells the Guardian, like, thank you so much, you've saved my business, I can now, you know, my shipping routes are now open, and I don't have to worry about my goods being randomly attacked by crazed, you know, whatever happens to be Wrathborn. Uh, You can take anything from my stores, and it is yours as a reward. And... Not not just my store. Literally anything in my entire hobby. Yeah, no, you you can take anything that I own and take it as your reward. And uh, so, our guardian, very, very uh, casually, goes, "Cool, I want him." Crow. That's mine. Mine. <laughs> That's mine now. Uh, points points it points it at, at this scrawny little grap of a man, whatever's left of him. The crow and mine. Mine. He's mine now. Uh, and Spider, if nothing else, has that somewhat honesty amongst thieves kind of, uh, kind of a, a code, I guess. And so he does. He says, you know, he's not happy about it, but he oh, he's frees pissed. Crow. And Peace. removes the bomb and lets him be on his way with with you now as the crow's mentor. He he and he is straight up pissed about the entire thing. Oh, he's like, a, he he just he just starts laughing pissed. and then he's like, "Fine, take your prize and get the hell out! Like, go away now." So. That ends season of the hunt, and I think that's probably a good spot to stop for tonight and make this a part one of probably two, maybe three. I was trying to say, I I don't know, I don't know if there's honestly much that much more to cover. I mean, like, oh yes, there is. Oh, I, I have season of the chosen um, with interactions between him and Saladin and Holiday. I. The Challenger's Proving quest line, the Iron Forerunner set, which technically takes place during Season of the Chosen, even though it's this, uh, how do we always this do, Iron Banner set. How, how do we always come up with like this, oh, we're just going to cover blah, 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 blah. That should be fine. It's only going to take, nope, two episodes. Nope. Every time. Nope, two episodes. Every time. So, yes, there is, there is absolutely enough content to cover to do another episode, at least. Well, goddamn. Well, sweet then. Let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's, uh, hot damn. And that's, but uh, holy cow. And that's going to be what, basically two and a half seasons worth of interaction. Yeah, so that'll be season of the chosen is the big one. Yep. Um, because that's where he was present season of the splicer. He did not directly take part in, although there's a mention or two that I think are worth discussing. Yeah. Um, and, and then, then of course, the current season, season. of the Lost, which like, is all the events of the current season. All these last seven weeks have been quite uh, a wild ride. 
holy crap, they happen. So yeah, we're definitely that's that's if this if yeah, okay, I'm hundred percent on board with this as usual. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> there is no there is no no in this. Like, <laughs> Uh, all righty then. Well then, uh, we'll we'll consider that uh, end of part one. <laughs> yep. So the end of part one of the story of the crow, and we will pick up with part two next week. Absolutely. Um, well, like I said, as, as usual, I, I end these with a thank you, and so I want to thank everyone that uh, was able to hop in and and join us on Discord this week, and to and to be able to to hop into, into the, the, the voice channel. And, and even we've had people kind of in and out of the, of the chat channel now. So it's nice that we have this nice big, you know, conspiracy theory level, uh, <laughs> a chat thing going on here. Uh, so I'd like to thank stinky, uh, Tina Italiano, Keiston, uh, striker was in here for a little bit. Uh, alpha, our guest host for tonight. Um, our main, our main producer eclipse, uh, He's off at hockey practice, or I guess it's not practice. I guess it's actually full on game, isn't it? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It's his. It's his league. So yeah, uh, not his league, but that is the league that he plays in. Um, so go Eclipse, go! <laughs> Yay, sports! I'm sure they won. I'm sure they want to. Uh, um, thank you, Crow, for just being you. Poor, poor man. I want to. I want to give you a hug. That's... He's been through some shit. He's been through some shit. Uh, thank you, Glint, for not giving up on Crow, uh, uh, and vice versa. Crow not giving up on Glint. Um, I am. I am refusing to give a thank you to Spider because Spider can eat a dick. Uh... <laughs> yes. I think that's I think that's all the thank you. well and, and of, how could I forget? Of course, thank you, Myth. Thank you for helping host this with me. Thank you for being here each week to to drive these stories forward and to to just make me have these crazy moments of you know how did I not think of that? How did I not put two and two together and, and come to the same conclusion? Or, you know, to all these little revelations that we have here in 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 this little podcasts are just i love them i absolutely love them i i <laughs> monday nights have become one of my favorite nights now <laughs> <laughs> no me too it's it's a lot of fun to yeah and there's so many things you pick up on just going back over these stories and then to to you know get different perspectives on the same thing and and little you know different interpretations of well maybe this means this or maybe this means this and yeah all, all about it. Perspective. Great. All righty. Well, from all of us lore nerds uh, to all of you guardians out there, uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>